Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jim Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jim. Chad, we got our second, I believe, repeat guest on the episode uh, this week. Our first was Justin Brown, who is doing great things um, with Stay the Course. Uh, but today's guest is Leo Sales, and Leo came on episode 33 in our first season of the podcast. And there, in that episode, he was more of a coach. You know, he had just, um, he, he came on as the volleyball coach at Grove City University. Um, and he talked about his journey of becoming a coach, um, his family background. If you want to listen to a lot of that, uh, those stories, uh, go back on episode 33 and listen to that. Um, but this episode, Chad, he came because he wrote his second devotional book called Ordering Our Steps 2. And we dug into it a little bit more and maybe a little bit of the process as, as well of writing a book. Yeah, this was this was a really fun episode uh, just for, for Leo to take the time and have the discipline to just write a book. I and mean, that's that's huge in and of itself. And uh, I think the, the coaches are going to really benefit from this, uh, from the book, but also from this conversation. Um, and Gian, do you have any any big uh, big tease outs for this? One? I, I, I really liked because I also wrote a book and now I'm deep thinking, what's my next thing? What, when am I going to write a new book? But I asked him, what was his methodology? Like where, where did he get all the ideas for writing the book? And his answer was really neat. Um, but I really like just the focus and the depth of the answers that Leo gives every time I ask him a question. And I felt that in the first uh, interview we had, but in this one, again, you can see that he's growing in his faith. Um, and, and his leadership style as well at Grove City. Um, but yeah, it's a great episode, Chad. I, I can't wait for our, our listeners to take, a, take some time and listen to it because Leo has great insight every time I talk to him. And we can't wait to get to it right now. Coach Leo Sales, thank you so much for coming back to the Christian Coach Podcast. It's an honor to have you a second time. Um, great to be here. Yeah, the first... The first time you were around, I asked you, what does it mean to you be a Christian coach? And you mentioned two words, influence and impact. Um, do you have anything else to add or do you still, you know, you still focus on those two words when it comes to being a good Christian coach? Yeah, I think I'm still focused on those two words. I, I think there, I would add one more that's, and it's more of a phrase that's, that's becoming a part and, and that's being set apart. Yeah, I think this last year we started to realize, you know, how much with everything that's going on now in our in our world as it is today, um, I think the way that we live our lives should speak clearly to our faith in Christ, um, to our friends, to our opponents, you know, to others that they need to see that we are living a life that is set apart and dedicated, which you and I both know as coaches and athletes. We know what dedication, what it means to be set apart, because that's that's where, where we live. That's where I'm where we live. And so to show them that we are set apart even more for a specific purpose, for a specific call, I think will help them see and maybe hear our message even more where we can have even a greater impact. Yeah. Now, let's bridge the gap between January when we first spoke and now. Um, what have you been up to in, you know, with, with the school and then, you know, after, you know, be, beyond school, what's some projects that you've been working on? 
All right. So we had a great spring season and you and I both know how crazy the spring was <laughs> at our school. All 22 sports were going at yeah. once. And uh, as a department, we had a great season, but this was, you know, it was a special year for my athletes in that we, we got to our conference championship for the first time in 20 years. And uh, it, it was a, it was a great run. Um, we ran into a great team that the traditional um, team that has always been in that conference championship was there again, and they were just great. But I, I was thrilled to get to that point because uh, that was a, at first seemed like an unbelievable hurdle. The girls pulled it together. And I really think the way that things panned out this year, it brought this group together at a, at a deeper level than I even expected. So now, now you want to, now you want to play volleyball in the spring all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give me that year to get ready for it. Um, um, but then also working on a new book. And uh, I know it's um, part of what we're going to talk about. And, and throughout the spring, just trying to go through the editing process, which went on forever and ever. Um, and then to deal with the, the final formatting, we finally got to the point um, where we're finally alive for the new book. So I'm excited yeah. about that, too. Before we talk about the book, I had a question about the season. What do you think was the key ingredient or, or some of the things that happened during the season that allowed you guys to have such success? Uh, there, I think there were three things I can mention very quickly. Number one, I had great leadership. Um, I had uh, one of our uh, starters was also the head of our SAC committee, the student athletes uh, committee. And she had been for two years, which is testimony to her leadership ability that was recognized by all the athletes at the school. Um, and then the other uh, player that we had was a, was a key leader that led by example. Um, very humble spirit, servant attitude. Those two together great, gave me a great um, captain's core. And they had a drive. They went through the first season where we, we were successful, had a great year, um, and just finished like one step short of where we wanted to be. And they carried that drive into the season. And then, of course, being seniors, you know, they were just, they were the iron behind the team. They just said, we are going to find a way through this and we're going to adapt as we need to. So that was number one, have a great leadership. Um, I think with the freshman class that came in, um, you know how it is with teams sometimes where you get that class that hasn't experienced the, the hurdles that you have to go through, but they just have a drive. Um, and so they came in with a great level of confidence and said, hey, coach, we believe we can do it. And, and so between the leadership and that belief, uh, we put together a great run. Um, and then I honestly think some of the challenges that we had through the year, for instance, our team got hit pretty hard with COVID in, in October. I was hit. And then the team and then the players were hit as well. We had to really stand behind each other and support each other at a level that you and I know across the nation we had not had to do before. Yeah. Um, and, and I really think that that solidified them in a way. So when we came in in January, they were a unit that was clicking on all levels at a, at a, just in a way that I have not seen with a lot of teams. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Congratulations on a great season. Um, now let's talk about the book, Ordering Your Steps 2. Yes. Um, so I remember when we first spoke, we, we actually prayed for the book to come out and yes. I'm glad that it's out now. <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm happy to, to, to talk about it. Um, what well, I got to read before you released the book and mm -hmm. I was just amazed by the breadth of storylines, right? So it mm -hmm. goes from like the men's soccer, national soccer team to Kevin Durant, to mm -hmm. Apostle Paul, to Corey Ten Boom. Um, how was the process of narrowing down the stories that you wanted to highlight? Oh my goodness. Um, well, we'll just say that there's a third book in the mix because we have so many different things to write. Um, it, it really was, I, I sometimes just reach this point where, where God is just planning 
word where things happen and and you and I as as sports lovers you just start picking up on things that are going on you know in the sports world and so um, those a lot of these were written over the last two years there were quite a few in this book that came out of last year very time specific and you yeah. you know if you read the book you'll see that yeah um, and some of them were written for my staff and as I'm look, thinking of a theme it was okay, this theme is something I want to go out and, and talk about what sports story, you know, discusses it. But then stories like the Kevin Durant story, I just happened to be watching that game. And I was like, listening to the interviews afterwards, you know, Steph Curry is like, supreme confidence, this guy just had it. And I kept, as I was listening to it, I'm thinking, wow, that is such a great point. But there's so much depth to that understanding of what it means to be to be confident in Christ, to be confident in who we are in Christ. And it just led, it was, it was a late night moment because I'm on the East Coast and that game was on the West Coast. Um, but there, it was a moment of inspiration where I just sat down and had to write out the thoughts I was having. And sure enough, the next morning I looked at it and realized God was putting together a message that should be shared. So really it's, it's I think my passion for sports and, 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 and God's inspiration that comes together as I'm watching different sports moments and tying them together with, with what I see in scripture. Yeah. And as a fellow published author, I feel like now my eyes are always open to picking up little nuance, nuances during the day. And it's like, oh, good teaching moment. Oh, good. Exactly. This, might, this might turn into something. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really neat. Um, how, what, what, do you, what is the central message that you want coaches and players? That's the audience, the core audience of this next book. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the central message that you want the readers to come out after reading the, um, all the, all the devotionals, what, what is the central message that you want them to get from, from this I think, book? I think with this book, uh, and I think you would, would see it too. I, I, yeah. I, I think for myself, I really was challenging and I'm challenging coaches and athletes, as I mentioned earlier, to live a life that's set apart, to move deeper into their faith where it truly is our, our drive and our motivation. You know, we are, we are challenged. You and I both understand as, as a former division one, as a current division one coach, that there's a business aspect to sport or to the sports that we teach that whether we want it to be there or not, it is. And, but at the same time, we have to find that balance. And if we are not intentional about making sure our underlying motivation is Christ and Christ alone, it is easy to get off track. And, and I talk about that. I know I'm, very, I'm open about my own experience and some of the dark times that I had in my life in looking back and realizing sometimes I, I got off track without meaning to and how quickly you can go pretty far down that road. And so being centered on Christ, being focused, as we see in the title, on Christ, whether it is in a high moment or a low moment in the midst of the storm, I think is incredibly important. And it allows us to truly be set apart and have that laser sharp focus we need um, to be able to run the race we're supposed to run. Yeah, that's uh, I came out after reading it the, the same way. I felt like, hey, there, there is, even though it's all different stories and all different messages that the being set apart. And I'm glad you brought it up was was one of the themes uh, throughout the whole the whole book. Now, I know it's almost like picking your favorite child, but is there one one devotional that you're like, I think this one is going to have the most impact. And then maybe you can just tease it out. You don't have to spoil it for the, for okay. the listeners, but you can tease it out. It, I, don't, I don't know if it's the one that will have the most impact, but it was the one that impacts me the most. And it's a story that I first picked up on, actually got me into running when I was 10, 15 years or 10, 12 years old. 
And it's the story of John Upwari, um, who was an Olympian from Ethiopia, Tanzanian, sorry, Tanzanian marathoner, whose story is not about victory, but it's about finishing. And the incredible challenge that he went through in his marathon in the 19, I got to check my book, 1968, yeah, 1968 Olympics. Uh, it's an amazing story. And I, I heard it, I watched it um, on the old uh, Bud Greenspan series, The Olympiad. And I just remember sitting with my mom and dad and being mesmerized at this guy who found a way to finish when he really should have been carried away on a stretcher. Yeah. And, you know, the story behind that. And, and it set the tone when I became a Christian and started to think about that for that understanding of what it means to finish the race. And, and I'm going to be honest, there were times I didn't finish my own races. Um, and, and I always felt bad and I would go back to that story and be inspired again that I'm going to do better the next time. That's always inspired me. Um, it's at the core of my coaching that, you know, when we start something, we finish it. Um, if we have that ability to do so. And I do think for athletes, at least, that it's a very impactful story. So it's not my story. It's the story of someone else that I just shared. Um, and it's very applicable, you know, to our lives when it comes to learning how to finish the race. That's that's really good. What do you think are some of the... Um obstacles that coaches face on a regular basis that make them not finish the race? Ah, so outside criticism, um, the outside pressures, you know, we do, I've been joking with some of the coaches, you know, we set a high standard for our team the last two years and now everybody expects us to stay there. And we know that in reality, we're not dealing with chess pieces. We're dealing with people. We're dealing with the reality that another team just may come in and be better than us. And, in fact, you and I are watching over the Olympics right now. The, the level of expectations people put out there for these athletes sometimes are ridiculous, coming from yeah. non-athletes who don't understand the pressure <laughs> that's already there. Um, I think that's incredible on, on the coaching side as well, especially if, you're, if your coaching is your career. And, and I think um, sometimes our pride gets in the way. I, I think there's a, a balance. And in fact, I have a, a chapter that's called the Coach's Chapter that really tears into this looking at, into the book of James. And, you know, that was my own struggle as well, is, is not living up to the expectations I had for myself and not realizing that God's purpose for me in that portion of my life was different than I thought. I was caught up in the wins and losses and God was saying, no, I'm, I want you to be focused on the impact you're having. And that's an incredible balance because as a coach, most coaches have a highly competitive drive and yet we have to keep that in check and, and look beyond it. And we need to be excellence, yeah. you know, not victories but it's so easy to slip over, over that line and, and have the wrong focus. So yes. I think those are areas that we have to really, really check ourselves with on a daily basis to make sure we have the right perspective. Yeah. Sometimes pride gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. um, now let's talk about mechanics of writing a book. Um, what were your routines like? Um, and I know some of those devotionals have already been written before you, you started mm -hmm. compiling them, but what was your, your routine to getting, to get the book, you know, get, get the book started and, and, and finishing the race of writing this book. I know a lot of yeah. coaches want to write a book, um, mm -hmm. but maybe sometimes they don't have the time or they don't, they don't know where to even begin. So how, how did you do it? Um, I would love to say I had a theme to start with, you know, I was, I was already had the first book. So it was easy to kind of follow that theme and say, well, this ordering our steps is a part of our daily life. So I just kind of used that and, and allowing myself to think through, discipline. So a lot of brainstorming to think through disciplines that I wanted to address. 
Um, and I, I made lists. I had a lot of lists. Okay, so disciplines that I think are important for us to address in our Christian life. And even looking into different sports, like listing sports that I know can, can lead to great stories. So that, as you said earlier, you know, my eyes were open and I was looking for stories in those different sport realms. And that's part of the reason we had the breadth because I tried to be intentional about covering more. Um, you mentioned time. I had to try to set up time every day. You know, when I really got into the writing process that was dedicated to the writing component. And sometimes it was dry and just like a, a good athlete, I had to be disciplined even in those moments that if I was having a dry moment where I wasn't inspired to write, then I would read. You know, for me, John Gordon came out with some great stuff last year and, and there were some other books that I just had on my reading list. And so I would read and sure enough, sometimes that reading would inspire something that I would then write about. Um, so the read, the time component, being willing to to have a dry moment and allow myself to be to be um, inspired by someone else, I think is important. It's not all about us. Sometimes writing is absorbing and just I don't want to say repackaging, but absorbing and reapplying in a more personal way, as long as we give those attributions to those people that have inspired right. us, I think it's very important um, that we acknowledge, hey, there's another author that really impacted my life and, and pass that word along. Um, and then making sure that you have some good editors to work with. <laughs> um, I was blessed that I have a former athlete that is an English teacher. Actually, I have two that are English teachers. And um, one was very engaged in the process along with my daughter being a writing major. So I, I made sure I had those people in place right away. And sure enough, as I was trying to cite different things, the mistake that I made that, that I had to kind of rehash was when you sit down right away, if you know that you are, are pulling in information or, or um, a quote from somewhere, you should make sure you have your citation immediately yeah. <laughs> um, when you write it, like read it the next morning. Hey, I got to make sure I note this because sometimes with, with a lot of citations coming online, you may not be able to find that citation. So yeah. there are things in the book that I actually had to change and go find a different quotation because I could not find the quote yet. Yeah. Um, but then I also think just like with anything else, see the big picture. What is your goal? If you don't set a a deadline at some point, hey, I want to have this finished by this point. It is tough to finish the book, especially yeah. if this is just something you do on the side. So I yeah, think that can, went a long way to, towards getting this done. Yeah, that was the, 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 the new edition of my book. That was the, the thing I said. The first thing was, okay, this book will be done by August 3rd. You know, like yes. this is, this is it. This is the end. There's, we're going to work as hard as possible here. Um, because if not, you can always find things to keep correcting and, mm -hmm. and, and keep adjusting. And then your mind is like, Ooh, what a great idea. I need to add that to this book now, yeah. you know, yep. and it's never ending. You might as well just yeah, have a exactly. blog, you know? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, and that's the, that's the thing. Like I, I, I started out blogging last year when I wasn't thinking about the book. And, you know, I realized, wait a minute, I, I'm doing a blog for myself, for my athletics department. And I had another one that I was helping edit. And all of a sudden I looked at it and thought, wow, I just, there's a book right there. So there are some of those blog posts that have been adjusted yeah. for the book in here. Um, but I mean, you're exactly right. I, I look at my first book now, I might have to put it out as a, in a revision because there are things I want to correct in it. Um, that process does, it never ends. And, yeah. and I think that's a, a great, a great point that it's, to me, it's an, it's an indicator that we are reflecting the creator God. Yes. That God is always creating and always um, showing us his love and his beauty and his perfection in the world that we live in, whether it is, you know, looking at nature, the, the cloud patterns that change every day or something just 
like we were talking about sports moments that keeps showing again his eternal truths in a new way for a new generation so that they can be impacted just as much as the last. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Leo, we've covered a lot. Is there anything else that you would like us to cover? Um, I, I have to give that, that shameless uh, post. Hey, you know, people, coaches, especially if you're looking for a book, I, I believe this is a book that will um, challenge and inspire you. Um, again, it's one where I give some honest feedback on my own life. So I, I'm not trying to be someone that, knows it all. I'm someone that has lived a life that's had highs and lows. And I think the book itself will help you ground yourself so that you can impact your players in a much greater way. Yeah. And one of the other things I did with, and in our first conversation, we actually talked about books that have impacted your life. And at the end, you actually said, you know, but if you're not in the Bible, then you're, you're making a mistake. And what I did with your book this time was the Bible verses that you mentioned during each devotion, I would actually go and read the whole chapter of that, of that verse, you know, That's great. And, That's great. and that gave more, um, more background story on what he's actually talking about or um, mm-hmm. the author of that particular book is talking about. And, and that really deepened my faith using your book to get me to the Bible, you know? Right. And I think great. sometimes we just get, we just go from one devotional book to another devotional book. And we're only reading part, you know, just very small parts of the Bible. Yep. Um, and I think your book inspired me to continue to dig deeper into the Bible. Use your book as a guide, but great. continually go back to the source. That's great. Yes, exactly. And and this is all it is, is a guide. Everything yep. we're trying to do is to get people to, to take God's word, you know, as he said it and live it out. Because that's that's what belief is. It's not just believing in God. It's believing him and taking him at, at his word. And if we don't know his word we're not going to be able to believe his word. So we've got it. We've got to pour that into our lives. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely link that into the show notes so people can go ahead and, and, and purchase it. It's a great book. Um, and, and we hope you have great success with it. Thank you. I appreciate it. How, how can we be praying for you now? The season's about to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just as we're getting started, I, I'm just coming out of camp mode. I have a, a, a week vacation and then we turn around and we start our season. So praying for, for me, my assistant coach, we're down an assistant coach this fall. Um, so the two of us are trying to absorb some duties and, and I think we'll do okay with it, but always that prayer that we can be fresh, um, that we can carry our passion and enthusiasm to the team and that the girls that are coming in will, will get plugged in and we'll be able to find that, that unique unit again as we go through the season. Um, obviously lifting up the book. Um, and now that I've finished praying, praying for me as I start to think ahead, is there another book out there? I believe so. Um, and just for focus and guidance as, as we start to think through what that looks like uh, after the season gets over. That's great. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation with Coach Sales, and thank you for his faithfulness in finishing the second book that uh, I'm positive will inspire many others, many other coaches and players to continue to pursue a life that that is keeping, you know, keep going after you, Lord, that you will order our steps on a daily basis so that we're grounded in your, in, in your love and in your salvation. Lord, we pray for Coach Sales' season, um, that Grove City will uh, have a, a great, great season that will continue to build upon the great success they just had in the spring. Um, and Lord, uh, be with this book, that, that it will um, be in the hands of many coaches who then can be a great impact in their players. Um, and, and help Coach Sales see what, what's next after the season is over. If there's another book or another path that you want him to follow, uh, may, may you guide his, 
his his thoughts and his steps um, in the near future here, Lord. Thank you again for this conversation. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Leo Sales, this guy is just full of wisdom and uh, godly perspective. Uh, I was blessed just to um, listen to this one. So huge thanks to Leo for sharing with us. And I think something that sticks out to me uh, is just hearing that he he was a, a D1 coach. Um, and now to see where he's at, uh, kind of a different role. Some people might say it's like step down. But I think it's it's beautiful that he's he's able to still coach the sport he loves. He's leading a whole athletic department and and uh, Christian discipleship type of pathways, and and he also has the space to to write. And um, I think for me, when I first started coaching, it was it was just you got to climb and I climbed to go D one, and I spent seven years in the NAIA, and uh, just really saw that. Um, there's there's other schools and other places that you can really find a, a sweet spot and, and obviously have an influence wherever you're at. Um, yeah. And so I really liked liked hearing that from from Leo and just seeing what he's able to do now through his writing and just that gift that, that God has given him. Yeah. When God is ordering your steps, pun intended, Chad, um, you find clarity and fulfillment in your life, you know, and, and that just gives you the courage and the confidence to just go reach new heights you know um and but so thankful for leo it just incredible wisdom um the extra question i asked him chad for our christian coach community on patreon was why does he think that the best coaches were not usually the best players and that that was a neat answer that he had uh for for the community uh members and uh if you want to be signed up for the community just go on patreon search for our name um, search for the Christian Coach Community, or you can just click on the show notes link. But Chad, we're just, you know, we're starting strong this 2022 year with some great guests. Um, and just a tease out, next week we have a, a, a coach who went to Liberty. So we have a Liberty connection there. And she was a multi-sport athlete at Liberty. And so just stay tuned because next week's uh, episode is going to be really special. And Coach... Always remember, the mission field is right where you're at.